practices are going. Inter Miami's 2022 preseason is officially underway. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Miami Total Football Radio, aka Miami Total Football Radio, the number one and most listened to podcast on Inter Miami, a podcast that has been heard in more than 50 countries. If you are new here, well, we provide you all the latest news, updates, inside info, analysis, opinions, and much, much more. My name is Franco Panizo. I am one part of this hosting team. The other two members are both here on this week's show. Their names are Steve El Primo Brenner and Jose PS5 Armando. Jose, I don't know. We might have to change that nickname to make it a bit more evergreen. I feel like PS5 is a two is a bit too 221 or 2021. Maybe we should just call you C <laughs> maybe we should just call you Cinco. What do you think about that? All right, that's fine. That's yeah. fine. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's go for it. Okay, cuz when Steve started on the podcast, his initial nickname was David Beckham's long-lost cousin. And then over time, that transformed into El Primo, which is why he is El Primo. There's a little bit of backstory if you weren't up to date on Steve's nickname. But before we get to Steve, Jose, how are you doing? We got to take in a practice session. It is now Wednesday. We've had a bit of time to chew on everything we saw and heard. So how's your how's your week going, first of all? And we'll jump into, I guess, all the Inter Miami stuff in just a little bit. Well, everything is good. Listen, when we get an opportunity to go to training session, um, I had a little, a little bit of uh, of a taste of of more soccer this week because of the Colombia Honduras friendly the night before the start of preseason. So I've had a sorry lot of for your loss. Sorry for your loss. Come on now, come on, come on. <laughs> it's a friendly. Um, so I, I've had a lot of football this this week, so I'm, uh, I can ask for more. And, and probably we'll have a little bit more in the next few days. We will have a little bit more. Inter Miami is having some availability on Thursday, and we will be back out there. So we will get more information to provide to our listening audience as well as just the general public that maybe doesn't listen to the podcast but follows us on other social media platforms. Steve, primo, how are you doing today, brother? I'm very well, mate. Very well. Hello to all the our listeners, our global band of listeners, loyal ones too. Uh, yeah, like Jose said, it was nice just to get back there. It's such a good uh, training facility there. I know it's you know all the top clubs have got great facilities, but uh, no, it's a decent facility, and everyone was sort of full of beans and uh, you know looking forward to the season. Obviously, that will probably end when you know uh, the season starts and you know things start getting really really serious but it did have that nice sort of pre-season feel first day at school everyone was you know yeah. happy it was good to see people so uh yeah uh, let's hope it, they uh, they carry on in, in that vein and this we're, we're still smiling all season yeah it was definitely a first day of school type vibe right it's it's the day that everyone is pretty much at their happiest everyone's smiling there's no tension because you know the games haven't haven't been rolling yet. There hasn't been any losses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, so so things are going pretty smoothly. But obviously, we know that that will change as the season progresses, unless Inter Miami goes thirty-four and O and O. But anyway, we that's will... it. Stay positive right <laughs> from the outset. Yeah, first school, let's be really, really negative. <laughs> new New Year, New Year, New Me. No, listen. We will jump into our takeaways from that first preseason practice. We will touch on the Blaze Matuidi situation, which Steve broke some news on this week, and we will touch on a whole lot more. Give you our observations. Give you our opinions. Please, if you haven't done so already, and you are a regular listener. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes. If you don't know how to do it, all you have to do is pull us up on the Apple Podcast app 
and scroll to the bottom and then just leave us a review. You can leave us a one star through five star, whatever you think we deserve. If you want to write a sentence or two, you're more than welcome to, but just please leave us a review. It helps us tremendously. We have a lot of new things in store for you guys this year. I believe we will start with those new things next week. So stay tuned. Keep those ears wide open because we have some very, very cool things. Hopefully we will start next week. That is the tentative plan as of right now. But anyway, let's dive into the meat and potatoes. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get to it. Okay, guys, so preseason is officially underway. Our off-seasons are over. I hope you guys enjoyed them because we're headed into another long season. We'll be here from start to finish. So let's just start with what your biggest takeaways were from this first practice. I'll start with you, Steve. What did you take away from either what what you saw or what was said on Monday, on day one of the 2022 preseason. Uh, yeah, no, look, um, it's, you know, sometimes difficult to, to find out exactly what's happening with training. Um, you know, I think Mabika is very, very tall. That definitely uh, was was one takeaway. That's a big uh, takeaway. Like the, a big takeaway, no pun intended. Big takeaway. He is, he's got long <laughs> legs. If he could just fill out a bit, I think he looks a serious player. But it's interesting when we spoke to Phil Neville, you know, afterwards, he, he, he actually mentioned the sort of centre-back and, you know, rebuilding the sort of defence and looking for them to sort of grow and, you know, as, as a new team. And you know, I think that was the theme from him and Chris Henderson, that this is, you know, like a, you know, a new squad. It's a younger squad. It's, it's, what they, it's what they wanted, you know, moving forward. They had to get rid of the, the older heads, the Gonzalez Perez's and people like that. And, um, you know, it's a fresh, it's a kind of fresh start. I like the look of little, that little Bryce Dyke they got from, uh, from LAFC. He looked, he looked a really, you know, decent player. And Harvey Neville was there. Even Romeo Beckham was there. Um, yeah, um, it was it was it was interesting to see, but I, I like the look of Dyke. It looks good. Bryce Duke, Bryce Duke. Sorry, Bryce Duke. But either way, Duke or Dyke, he looked uh, he looked at he looked a nice, tidy little player in centre midfield. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see him see him play moving forward. I was also impressed by Bryce Duke in the what was it 20, 30 minutes that we saw of of training. I know Jose was giving me some stick there for for t- having some takeaways from practice, but look, I, I th- I'm of the belief that you know how you practice helps how you play. And practices, while they can be repetitive, if you go on the day to day, I do think that you can take away a lot from them. And I'm actually a big practice nerd. I like to observe, I like to analyze, I like to watch and see how players are doing on the day to day. For me, the biggest takeaway was just how young and energetic this team was because in the again those that half hour or so that we were able to watch practice the team buzzed about we saw that the the team split into basically i don't know if it was 99 10 v 10 but we saw them play a small sided game it wasn't a full field and we saw that for for the majority of the time we were in there we also saw leonardo campana who has not officially been announced yet the ecuadorian international striker he was jogging about the field with ryan sailor the first round draft pick so they were both in training so was emerson rodriguez who was announced today as being an official signing so a lot of news and nuggets that you could take away but for me the biggest thing was just how energetic and young this team is and how they buzzed about the field in that in that game in that small-sided game it looked a little bit more intense from a physical standpoint than what we saw for much of 2021 and that's probably understandable given the the youth that has been brought in Jose what was your biggest takeaway from Monday's practice or from just Monday's availability in general um well 
listen, I, I think we we have to split things up a little bit because you know the one thing that I really liked about this team is is the intensity that they were um, working with, and it's still it's still surprising to me how uh, preseason has changed in the last few years. I remembered, you know, not that long ago, it, the first day was more about you know physical and um, you're just trying to get in shape and. You know, things have changed so much that now players are ready to basically start, you know, thinking about uh, tactics and, and playing and, and, and using the ball more than right. what they used to. So um, I, I like to see that. I think that gives us a, an opportunity to see a little bit more um, what, what these players can bring to the table. I, I really liked um, Ariel Lassiter. I think, you know, he's going to be a very important player for this team. Um, I saw Campana as well running around. Um, just jogging, and it, it came to my mind that you know the situation that um, Inter Miami was last year with with, a, with not having a, another striker other than than Iwain, well, at least one that you know you can actually rely on. And um, Campana and his build, you know, he he looks like a a very good player. We'll see how he is with the ball, but you know he looks really good. Um, and, and the other side of things was, you know, um, he's tall. Phil, he's tall. Yeah, he's very tall, and and he looks more like a, you know, like a nine. You know, I I can believe now that um, with Iguain getting out of the box um, and trying to help out a little bit, you know, you're still gonna have a player inside the box waiting for the ball and trying to score. Now, how comfortable is going to is Pepita going to be with Campana scoring goals and? And, you know, maybe he, he he not scoring as much. I don't know. That's that's for something that Phil needs to work on. But I, I really liked that um, Phil took responsibility on 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 the roster that he has for for 2022. Uh, he even mentioned that last year they were not a team. And so you know that's important to hear, especially on the first day, because you know he takes on the responsibility to build a, almost a brand new squad. And, and and we'll see what they can do. You know, it's only the first day, but I think the mentality is there for, for the coaching staff, for Chris Henderson as well, and and for the players, of course. Another interesting tidbit or note on Leonardo Campana, and this is something you can pick up only by being at practice, and we will share this with you, is that he speaks English. He was speaking to Ryan Saylor because they were, again, they were the two that were doing some extra laps while... The team was was doing ball work and playing that small sided game. They were doing fitness work and running laps around the field, and they were speaking in English from what uh, what we could pick up the few times you know that they ran by us. So, you know, well, remember a, a communication he's on, he's level. On loan. Yeah, right, right. He's on loan. He's on loan from Wolves, isn't he? So, um, well, he was on loan from Wolves, right? Uh, well, he's he was on loan in his previous stints. Yes. We don't we don't know what the deal is yet because they haven't announced it here, but. Yes, he. I mean, he speaks English, so that that'll help at least yeah. with the with the transition because he can communicate uh, a little bit better than maybe someone like an Emerson Rodriguez, who's who's you know maybe doesn't speak English. Just for sure. just for example, just for an example. And on my on my football manager game twenty two, Leonardo Campagna is not too bad. My scout has actually told me not only sign him as a last resort, but his physical attributes are pretty good. So yeah, he's, I think he's going to be good in the air, and that could complement. You know, Iguain, which I'm sure we'll touch on later what he said, but he, yeah, he, he seems like a physical player, but also decent, decent in the air, which uh, uh, could, you know, obviously useful at set pieces and things like that, but just gives them another option if they're behind the game, then they can just, uh, for want of a better word, lump it up to the big man. Chris Henderson did say something interesting about set pieces. We can touch on that in just, just a little bit, but 
I do want to touch on something that Gonzalo Higuain and Phil Neville said during their press conferences. Something Chris Henderson alluded to, but he didn't say it outright in the way that Gonzalo Higuain and Phil Neville did. And that is that given how young this team is, given how many new pieces are in place, patience is going to be needed for this team to develop and unfold. Which, reading between the lines, that means clearly that Maybe they're not built to win right away. And that's understandable because of how many new pieces there are. How many new faces, how many new players, the different understanding and partnerships that have to be developed. That doesn't just take a preseason. That doesn't just take some friendlies. That takes actual games, meaningful games where the intensity is even higher. So this is go- this team, based on what I believe and based on what was said, it's going to take some time for them to find their footing. Maybe they can come out of the gates flying. But I imagine they will be clicking much more differently in the middle of the season than at the start of the season. Now, the question for me is, how much patience will Inter-Miami fans have for this group? You know, Inter-Miami came out of the gates. We've talked about it endlessly. They came out of the gates talking how they wanted to compete for an MLS Cup right away. They wanted to be one of the best teams in the league. Last year, they said, or Jorge Mas said, that they were gunning for a top three finish in the Eastern Conference. We know they fell well short of that in 11th place. But now this year, it seems like they're they're being a little bit more humble with their expectations for what the season, what the season can behold. So, what do you think? Do you think Inter Miami fans will be patient? Do you think Inter Miami fans will give this team a chance to develop? Or will they be seeking results immediately and not be happy with you know, a few losses at the start of the year if, if that's how things play out? Steve, what do you think? They've just got to be better, haven't they? They've just, I think you just fans just want to see improvement. They want to see changes in the, that have been made by the front office in terms of actively trying to change and right the wrongs of last season. I think they've done that or they are doing in the process of doing that. And I did, they just want to be better. I mean, how many times did we sit there last season? And it was just, you know, awful. Those two terrible, uh, you know, streaks when they lost all those games in a row. They just want improvement. From the outset, from what we're looking at now, it looks like they've got some interesting building blocks in place to make themselves better. But, of course, the proof is in the pudding once we first start. But they're, they're made of, they've made a, making a good fist of trying to turn things around. Now, what happens when they go on the pitch? That's what Phil Neville and his coaching staff are doing right now, trying to mould them together. But, you know, I'm, I'm actually quite like what, like the, the pieces they brought in. I like the moves they've, they've done to get players out and they've freshened things up. So um, I think so far the signs look good, but yeah, it, it's all talk, isn't it? Until they actually start kicking a ball around when the season starts next month. So we'll have to wait and see, but just, I think fans just want to see improvement and that the club are willing, trying to make a change and we're going to touch on it, but with the DP spot opening up now, then that's um, you know that's interesting, and we haven't really touched on Jean Motta at all. Is you know who also comes with a with a great reputation. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they all gel together if they do at all. Which I'm sure they will do, but and it could take a few games. But I think they've made they they're making a good fist of it. Jose, what are your thoughts? Do you think the South Florida fan base, the Inter Miami faithful, do you think that they will be patient? Do you think that they will? afford Inter-Miami some time to develop this team, or will they be seeking results right away after two very subpar years by and large? Yes, they made the playoffs in 2020 as the 10th place team. Different circumstance because of COVID, but obviously a 10th place finish and an 11th place finish in the standings is not great. So do you think Inter-Miami fans who 
we know just from a sports market, South Florida fans, excuse me, from a South Florida, uh, from the market, like to see winners. Do you think that they will afford Inter Miami some time to find their footing and, and really develop this team? Well, I, I think it depends on the definition of time. You know, how how long is it going to take? I don't think uh, Inter Miami fans are ready to just uh, um, I, listen. The one thing for me, and you mentioned it with South Florida sports, is that you know there's there's competition here, um, and so um, I, I think that the the, the soccer savvy um, fans they understand the process that the team is going through, but I'm not a hundred percent sure that you know seventy or eighty percent of the people that attend games are going to be happy with watching a team that develops in front of them, but that drops seven of the first 10 games. I think it's a short time for inter Miami to turn things around. And that doesn't necessarily mean to win out, but you know, show something different show um, that you actually have the talent on, on the field, you know, last year, even and the year before, um, when when players like Carranza and Pellegrini were signed and they, and they were, and people were able to finally see them on the field, there was an expectation about them, but the expectation was not met. And maybe this time around, you know, with players like Campana, Rodriguez, Rodriguez, you know, he's a player that he's very young. Campana is very young, but they do have some experience internationally, and 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 they they want to take advantage of this opportunity. Even Lassiter mentioning that. Playing with Iguain was 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 something very important to him. He, he's a Real Madrid fan, and he used to uh, watch him play. You know, those things um, are 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 very important at times, and especially when you're trying to develop a, a new team. And so, I, I think there's a level of respect within the team, within the players. They all know as well that the team has been struggling in the, in the first two years. So I'm sure they want to be part of the of the good side of Inter Miami. So. Uh, it's a tough question, but I don't think they have a, they have a lot of time. I don't think they have a lot of time because frustrations from last year will come back if things are not looking good in the first 10 games of the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think they have some wiggle room. I think Inter Miami has some time to, to find its footing, but I don't think they have the luxury of, of half a season to try to right the wrongs. I think if, like you said, they start piling up the losses early for an extended period, then... Some Inter Miami fans may start may start putting their attention elsewhere. The Miami Heat are doing pretty well. You know, summer in South Florida is always a great time to to do different things. So you know, Inter Miami is competing for dollars, is competing for people's attention in a market that has a, a bevy of options for you to entertain yourself with. So we'll see how it goes. I, I do think they'll have some time, but we'll see just how much time. Any other practice observations you guys want to share? Because I do want to share that. I do think, I know Inter Miami's brass kept saying this is a, a hungrier team. You know, that's that's talk from the inside. We can't really gauge that. But I would say that this is obviously with the youth a more athletic and physically gifted team. Maybe not technically gifted, but a more physically gifted team. And we saw a bunch of different players that had some height on them. Chris Henderson, going back to the the previous point that I said I would expand on during his his press conference, noted that 
Inter Miami, as we know, was poor on set pieces once again in 2021. And now with some of the, the players that they've brought in that have a bit more height, they expect to be better on set pieces and more of a threat on, on attacking dead ball situations. So that was notable. And again, just the energy and, and the speed with which some of the players moved about, I thought that was also uh, a pretty big takeaway from day one. But anything else you guys want to to share from practice or do you want to expand on that itself, that this team might be a bit more uh, athletic, for to use another term, a little bit more physically gifted? Jose, you can, you can start. Well, you know, I think everybody wants to know um, how how Pepita Wayne is doing because uh, obviously there was a lot of talk last year about him not being in shape and um, you right. know struggling at times, but um, signs are looking I, I think are looking good. I mean, he's he's, he's engaging with his teammates. Um, he still seemed a little bit tired towards the end of of, of the training session, at least the part that we saw. But I think that's only normal. You know, it's the first day. But he looks a lot better than last year. Last year, when I saw him for the first time, I I was not very excited. I, I even predicted that he would end up scoring seven goals and not more, which, of course, he did score 12. And I was wrong about that. Take but that. Still, Take I, that, Cinco. Take yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but uh, but still, I think you know this year it's it's looking different, and and maybe he gets energized by the by the players around him, and um, and we'll see. I think for him, it's not only about you know physically being able to perform at a high level, but as well to engage with his teammates in in a positive way, and uh, and and just mentally, he he needs to be in the right place, and it looks like he is. Steve, what about you? Any other takeaways you have? Do you want to expand on Iguain? Because I do think that that is a big talking point. We we will touch on him from a positional standpoint in just a little bit. But anything you want to add with regards to Monday's session? Yeah, well, no, I just want to say also with Iguain, you know, no Pizarro now. So he's freed up. And like I said, I, unfortunately, my Spanish isn't good enough. I didn't really understand most of the press comments. But everyone was laughing a lot. And uh, he was asked about his beard, about his daughter, different things like that. So he was like super relaxed. He didn't look that relaxed when I went passed him in the in the uh corridor went to the restroom he you know he was just sort of looking a bit moody but then when he came into the press conference he was he was great yeah and uh you know he's he's the leader isn't he he's the leader of the team he's the main guy you know he bored everyone to tears last season going on about how the dps need to put you know produce and all this kind of stuff but he just looked like he was in the mood to so he, he gave phil neville a high five when uh, neville came out when they swapped for media duties he just you know he, he it's, it's as if he's sort of a He's now the mantle of like the top man, and everyone looks up to him, and rightly so because of his his career, you know, and what he's been through. So, um, uh, it's gonna, yeah, it's a big. I think it's a big season for him. He is a referente on this team. Now, what does that mean? That means he's one of the lead figures, one of the one of the players that is one of the. You know, you talk about Inter Miami. That's one of the players. Obviously, he's not the captain. That's Gregory. But he's one of the lead figures on this team, a player that people will turn to inside that locker room. He touched on that. He said, you know, he, he has to have the right approach. He did say, interestingly enough, in Spanish that he'd have to be el malo at times, which means, you know, the bad guy. But he said it in, in the good sense of the words that, he, you know, if, if things aren't aren't being done properly, that, you know, he might have to pull on somebody's ear. You just use that use that phrase just to try to you know get get people on track because this is a young team and there probably will be a lot of growing pains on the field off the field and and you know with youth comes inexperience so 
I think Phil Neville will be leaning on him to help, you know, steer the ship. We'll see how he does. I have questions on how how well he'll, you know, how good of a job he can do at that. Because last year with veteran players around him, and yes, we know the team didn't function all that well, but last year, you know, you saw his arms flailing about. Now, if he's on a team with youngsters that might make more mistakes or that, you know, have to go through their growing pains, will he be as patient as, you know, he he asked Inter-Miami fans to be, or will he, you know, will he revert back to that frustration that we've seen from him, not only with Inter-Miami, but throughout his career, because that's just who he is, that's just how, how he, he lives and plays the game. We'll see, that, that'll that be an interesting subplot for the 2022 season for Inter-Miami. Let's touch... And, and let, let me add one more thing to that, because I don't know, and, um, and, and maybe Steve, you can help me with this, I don't know if, if Gonzalo Higuain... At least during his career and at, at the highest level, I don't think he was never in this position to go out and talk to some of the teammates and tell them what to do, how to do it. Um, I'm not 100% sure he said that, that he was able he said that during his press put in, conference. in that position. So that that's going to be something new for him as well. Yeah, he said that during his press conference. He said that this is kind of a new thing for him because he's never been one to really have to be that vocal but he said he's you know he's open to taking that that responsibility and that role and helping guide along this fairly young team again he is un referente on this team he's one of the leading figures and he's going to have to help guide this very young team in order to for this team to to be anywhere close to what it wants to be which is at least a playoff team those were chris you know cuz that was the, the mark or the bar that chris henderson set set when I asked them what the expectations were for Inter Miami in 2022. Let's quickly touch on the other DP, someone who was not there at training. That's Blaze Matweedy. Steve, you had some breaking news that you shared after the practice session. What can you tell us about Blaze Matweedy's future at Inter Miami? Well, yeah, no, I mean, you know, Chris Henderson said in the, in the press conference initially that, um, you know, they were in talks with his representatives and that's all that he could say. I then pushed him on it again and he, said you know we're just we're just talking to his representatives right now couldn't say much more um but then yeah i had it you know confirmed a bit later on in the afternoon that yeah he's going to be leaving on a you know on a on a free transfer uh they're just you know sorting out the the contracts or whatever they need to sort out in these kind of situations i think you know that's a massive thing i know that they've wanted to get him off the off the books for for quite a while it obviously wasn't he wasn't a phil neville signing obviously and it came with everything in terms of the uh the problems they had with the financials so that's big, and you know, as we've said, you know, while Pizarro, you can't free up that that DP slot because Monterey aren't paying his full wages or loan fee. Between um, he's going to go, and that frees everything up. So now it's interesting to see, you know, a how much cash they've got. You maybe have a bit more of a touch on the finance in terms of what they've got left, um, and what they're going to, yeah, who that who they're going to bring in. But I think that's the one of the big best bits of news they've had for a while is that. You know that he's he's going to be off. There was interest back in France, but you know I mean, he's had a he's had a great career. Plays Matuidi. I don't think he's going to be necessarily that perturbed about it. I'm you know obviously he's they have to, they're in discussions about the, the remainder of his contract, but you know it hadn't really worked out, and he he's, he's not maybe the player he was back in 2018 when he won the World Cup. So I think that's a good move for for all parties. And now the now the race is on to see. You know already people like Suarez are being mentioned and stuff like that. Suarez, I'm told, is not, Suarez not an is not option. Suarez is not coming. But... Yeah, come on. We, 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 let's nip that in the bud. Suarez not now, is not, not coming. Now. He's not, not, now. He's not coming. contract is up at the end of the, se- the, 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 the Liga season. Chris Anderson also did say that some moves may be made now. They're not. Some no, they're not. I don't see I'm that. Not I don't see that happening. No chance. It, no chance. 
No chance. Whatever. I mean, but imagine if it did. But, now, but, they, now you're talking. But, that would be cool. Well, that, no, that, I, that's not happening. I'm not even gonna enter, going to entertain okay. that I'm idea gonna... because that's they're not going to have Luis Suarez, an old veteran no. striker, playing up no. top I, with Gonzalo Higuain playmaking behind him, who's also an I older... Know, I know. And I, I've been told that that's not, you know, that, that's, he's not on their radar or whatever, but it would be fun. We have to agree on that. That would be fun. Sign him on your football manager. Sign him on your football manager. Let's have your fun there. A Let's <laughs> give Campana a chance. Yeah. But either way, big news. I think it's a great, that's a, one of the biggest developments of, of this whole preseason. And um, it just gives them a bit more wiggle room. But how much money do you reckon that they've got in the bank now, with considering all the, you know, the sort of uh, financial penalties and stuff from the Matuidi signing? How much do you reckon roughly they've got to play with right now? No idea. No idea right. because there's no there's no real way to measure this. No real way to say okay they spent this much they have this much. It's it's, yeah. it's yeah. you know how much have they have they used in certain deals? It's just impossible to say. So I honestly I won't even venture a guess because I just don't know. Maybe maybe we can work on finding that out. But I yeah I, I wouldn't even you know I wouldn't even put a guess out there. They do have a type of player that they want though. They mentioned during the press conference that they wanted it uh, basically a, a ten. Chris Henderson said a creative player that can help, you know, generate attacking sequences and goals, which we can interpret as a ten, but it could just very well also be a winger uh, or or anything of the like. Doesn't necessarily mean. But they have wingers, though. Do they have starting caliber wingers? We don't know. We don't know most of the players. I mean, we have seen them play, I mean, but Ariel only Lassiter on has, YouTube. Ariel Lasseter had zero goals and zero assists last year in NMLS. I don't think he's a starting caliber player on a team that has playoff expectations. Now, can he be? He didn't play player? that much, though, did he? He didn't play that much. He had, he had his run of games with the, with the Dynamo. He had his run of games. I'd have to pull up his stats right here to, to tell you exactly. But he had his run of games. It wasn't like he was, you know, barely used. But again, is he a start of starting caliber? I don't think so. I think he's a, a depth piece, someone that can help stretch the field, you know, give you the occasional, you know, spot start. But I don't think he's a, an every game starter on this team. Is Robbie Robinson? I think he will start. The que- you, you think Ariel Lasseter will start? Yes. How many I games? Think he will let's start. Be, let's go right now. Let's go. Let's, how many games will he start in twenty twenty two? more than twenty five. Wow! Really? Really? Will I will. T- I will take. I will take that bet. I, was, I don't know what we'll bet. We'll, we'll come to terms on that. I'm not even a betting person, but I will take that bet. I do not. He will see, be I, a starter. He will be a starter. I, I I'm telling I, you right now. I don't see that. I, I, can he start the season as a starter? Sure, but 25 games where he in which he starts out of 34. I don't see that. I don't see that. But let's 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 keep let's keep going. Let's keep going, Jose. We will come to terms and we'll tell the. We'll tell the listeners <laughs> next week what we agreed on. Maybe we can like do a Peruvian versus Honduran meal, something like that, something like that. Because I just yeah. Yeah, we can do that as long as it's it's the hair is not involved. I'm okay because I <laughs> I don't have a lot, so I don't have a lot to offer there. Yeah, I don't. I I, lo- I love my hair, so definitely. Uh, yeah, I definitely wouldn't bet my hair. Steve, quickly going back to Matuidi, do you know if you know you said it's a free transfer, but do you know if they're mutually agreeing to part ways and ripping up the contract so he can go on a free or are they buying him out so he can go on a free do you know do you know yet which way it's going i don't know the details of that no i did i did pose the question but i haven't managed to uh to find out right now so um no is the is the honest is the honest answer but you know i mean he had he had what a year left on his on his current deal correct mm-hmm. yes yeah so you know they're going to be in discussions to do something like that so i guess it will also be a deal where they've They've obviously been hit very hard because of the sanction, but maybe they'll they'll lose a little bit of money on it as well if they have to pay him off, which I'm sure he's he's within his right. He's under contract, but I think just just moving him on and freeing up that space, I think is just crucial. And yeah, they may not be getting a 
megastar Messi, Ronaldo, Suarez thing, but at least they've got that spot open where it just gives them a bit more sort of flexibility and, um, you know, to, to, to do something. Okay, well, before we wrap up this segment of the pod by touching on a bunch of different players very quickly, I want to go back to Gonzalo Higuain because something we did not touch on or not not in enough detail, in my opinion, that I think we need to expand on is him saying during his press conference that maybe this season he plays as more of a 10 and that he helps generate attacking sequences and creates chances for others and hits passes in behind to the spaces for his younger, fresher, more energetic teammates to run onto and, and to, for them to try to finish, etc., etc. Jose, what do you think about that? Do you think that's the best position for Gonzalo Higuain, for Pipita, on this version of Inter Miami with so many young, hungry, quote-quote, players on the roster? Him pulling the strings. We know his physical limitations. He does look a bit slimmer. I, I agree with you on that. He said he's come in, in 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 better standing. He didn't say better shape, but he said he feels better now than he did a year ago, or he's come into preseason better than he did a year ago. He does look slimmer, in my opinion. Mentally, he's also in a in a different place. He says he's in a better place than he was last year when he, you know, he had the 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 weight of his mother's passing. You know, he had to deal with that through through much of the year. So, do you think playing him as the number ten, given his his physical limitations something he even noted himself and was open and honest about saying you know the body changes as you get older it's not the same as it used to be do you think that that is the best position for him on this team as a 10 or do you or would you prefer him as the nine i feel like you're gonna say 10 because i feel like you're you're high on campana no i want him as a nine i don't believe that pipite wayne can run around for um 30 something games especially during the summer, um, plus you're taking him out of position. No. I mean, I, I'd like to give Campana a chance, but listen, the nine is Gonzalo Iwain in this team. And I think we saw it last year, um, you know, when he was inside the box, around the box, he was a lot better. Now, of course, you need to find a system that is going to help him stay inside the box, which is something that uh, he, he struggled with last year, but he he felt that, you know, he needed to move away from his position to get a, get touches, to, to get the team going. So that's exactly why I'm thinking, you know, with, with all the money that's going to be freed up with Blaise uh, Matuidi leaving, you know, they should target a 10, and they should target a 10 that Pipita Iwain feels comfortable with. Um, that he's going to believe it. He's going to believe in that ten. They need to find that Fede Wayne of last year. That's the player that that they need. Um, and, and I want him inside the box. I just I just don't see it. And um, I I I will have to wait and see. You know, preseason is going to be very important this year because we're going to get an opportunity to see exactly what Phil is thinking in terms of tactics this year right and um are, are they going to play the same style from last year through the wings or or are they going to be a little bit more central with more possession you know it remains to be seen but i want him as a nine i want him inside the box so this is information i have heard this from different conversations that i've had with people in and around the team inter miami up to this point has trained in both a three-man aka a five-man backline as well as a four-man backline so the jury's out on which one they stick with or which one they, they adopt as their, their main look. It's early days. They'll have time to figure that out. But they're both on the table as of right now. Now, 
this is not information. This is just my supposition. I think Inter Miami is going to play with wingers. I think that, you know, with the players they brought in, Emerson Rodriguez, Ariel Lasseter, Robbie Robinson, I think that they're going to look for, for speed down the wings. Just based on even Iguain's response when he said, last year I had to to occupy the spaces in the box, then drop back to receive the ball because we didn't get it, and I had to make that 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 running back and forth, and that's very tiring. El desgaste es grande. Just based on that, and then how he said, I'll be the 10 and I'll just play passes in behind, that to me makes leads me to believe that they'll play with wingers. But that's just my, my interpretation from the day one press conference. Steve, should Gonzalo Higuain play the 9 or play the 10? I actually posed this question on Miami Total Football's Instagram account. If you're not following us on Instagram, give us a follow. It's at MIA Total Football. I posed the question for anybody on the, that can view our stories to to, uh, to cast their vote. And it was pretty split, 50-50, for much of the voting process, which was 24 hours. Towards the end, number 9 won out, I think, 56 to 44, some, something along those lines, or 54 to 46. So f- more people that voted wanted to see him or want to see him as a number 9 this season as opposed to a number 10. But what about you, Steve? Where would you cast your vote? Number 9, well, I mean, striker, you know, or number 10, playmaker? Yeah, I, I just, he's as you get older, like anyone, you lose, you you know, you lose your pace. Um, and and you've seen in the past players, you know, drop back into midfield. The best players, the most technical players, and he he's the most technical player in the team. You know, yeah, he could he could drop back a bit deeper. See what happens with Campanos and and Rodriguez maybe as well. Um, you know, they have no Lewis Morgan now, so they're gonna restructure it. I, I think it sounded like he was he was gonna kind of. Drop deeper. He was dropping deeper all the time anyway, wasn't he, last season? Just picking up the ball and trying to do things. So it just depends how the other strikers, you know, or the other sort of forwards gel into the into the team. You know, we had the situation last year where they, was, they didn't really have anyone else to try and score the goals. Carranza was the guy that kept coming on and didn't really do anything. So they've got Campanos now. Um, so we'll see We'll see how they, they kind of do that. Motta as well in midfield. It's a, it's a completely different. It's going to be a completely different forward line, isn't it? I could see him playing a false nine. I could see him playing as a false nine, where where he's he occupies the the striker role, but he drops deep and lets the wingers provide the the verticality and and the threat in the final third. Because I don't I don't think he can give you that function of of doing both, getting back and picking up the ball, and also being in the final third. He he doesn't really stretch defenses anymore. He doesn't have that speed. Last year when he did get in behind. I would say 90% of the time, the offside flag was raised. He just doesn't have that that ability anymore, at least in a league like MLS where the physical component is so so big, so notable to to really get in behind. So I could see him playing a false nine. I could see him, you know, it's, and that, that might be a cop-out answer because it's, it's a hybrid between a nine and a ten, but I could see that happening. Where would I play him? I would play him as a nine. I would play him as a nine. I don't think him as a ten, as an outright ten, will work over the course of the season because now that now how do you press as a team how do you from a defensive posture how do you press how do you have a striker and a 10 press in that way if your 10 can't really press so you know does your nine have to drop behind him and 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 do the dirty work on the defensive side but then that makes Gonzalo Higuain a a number nine again so if Inter Miami wins the ball very quickly you know he's at the nine the and then uh the, the striker in this theory, right, in theory, would drop as the 10. And, and I just don't think it works. I don't think it works. But we'll see but how Phil Neville approaches he is a, but Even though he hasn't got much pace, he's aggressive, isn't he? So that could it could work. 
if he was in the middle, just to add a bit more aggression and, and snap and bite. You know, so that's not that the final. duty of a number ten, though. Like, right? I don't, no. I don't, I don't like. By and large, I don't think that that's a high quality or high priority around the world for number tens, right? Like, every position just you know has uh, is funcion, un función, right? Right, Jose, un función, which would translate, I guess, to to a duty or duties. Every position has duties. A number ten, do you really need to be aggressive? You're more of the string puller, playmaker. If you can provide I, no, goals I yourself, know, I, know. But I was just saying that. That's one of his attributes, and that that could be used to his advantage if he hasn't got the physicality to 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 you know maintain his high press all the time. At least he's he's just he's got that presence and aggression. That's that's what I was trying to say. I think listen, I think even if Pepita places a ten, I think they still they they still need a player in that position because you know there are going to be scenarios within the regular season in which. You know he's not going to be able to play. I, I think at some point they're going to manage minutes as well with him. So um, I, I think you still need that player. And um, and the other thing is as well, you know, is Robbie Robinson a full time winger now? Because you know it seems like he was moved to that position out of necessity, just trying to get him minutes, and because he probably did earn those minutes as well in training. But I, I think it's, he he can play as a nine as well. So. You know, I think they have a series of combinations and only we're going to have a clear picture of what this team looks like once we get them, once we get to see them play in preseason. So, again, I think preseason, if you're a fan of Inter-Miami, you know, preseason games are not very attractive most of the time. But if you want to really understand what this team is all about, I think that's that's going to be a very, very important time for you to pay attention at some point, I would imagine as well that we're going to see the starting 11 for, for the first game or, or at least the ideal starting 11 in Phil's head play during preseason. So hopefully, you know, we, we get all those opportunities. Sometimes, you know, uh, players uh, miss games because of injuries during preseason and just trying to take care of their bodies and be ready for the first game. But if we get that sample size that's big enough, in preseason, I think we have a clear idea. But there are a lot of moving parts within this team, and I think that's a good good thing for Phil. Phil Neville was not shy about changing his tactics or his, his looks and formations throughout the course of last year. I imagine this year will be very similar. I imagine we'll see a bunch of different systems used at different times until he finds the right combination that he really wants to go with or the, or the main two formations that he wants to go with. But yeah, I, I mean, again, for me, just to, to to put a final thought on it, I would say I would use Iguain as a, as a nine. I think we'll see a hybrid of sorts. Either he plays a false nine, or he just alternates between playing up top as a striker and as the playmaker at the ten. He could he could use we <clears throat> excuse me we could see him in both positions at different points portions of the season. I also think you know you mentioned Robbie Robinson. I think he is a winger. I think that's where he projects going forward. I don't think he has the technical abilities to be a number nine, but I do think that we could also see him at the number nine at different points this season if, you know, Campana needs a break or is not available or, you know, and it just depends on the matchups and the moments because football is a game of moments. So I do think we will see a lot of different variations of how Inter Miami deploys this season, but it's early days. We'll see how things plan, how things play out and how Phil Neville approaches uh, things with this team. I would say this. I would say this. If Robert Robinson is a full-time winger, he's in trouble this year. 
Ariel Lassiter will take his spot. All right. There you go. <laughs> no, we're, we're definitely making that bet. We're de- 100% making that bet. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's just do a quick rundown just to wrap up this segment here. A quick rundown of other players and their current situations. Nicolas Figal was also not in training on Monday. Chris Henderson confirmed afterwards that Figal is in conversations with multiple teams. Didn't say Boca Juniors, although that's been reported. He said that they are in conversation, or he's been in conversations, excuse me, with multiple teams, he, Figal, and that they're working through that. And that's all he really much said about that. We don't expect Nicolas Figal to be back. Robbie Robinson also spoke to us, speaking of Robbie Robinson, after, the, after the practice. And for me, look, if if that's the Robbie Robinson that we see on the field, then I think Robbie Robinson has a better chance to make an impact because I saw a more confident Robbie Robinson in that conversation. He defended his his departure from Chile's national team. This was the first time we were able to speak to him since then. Obviously, he's had some time to think about what he's going to say and how he's going to say it, I'm sure. But, you know, he, he the way he expressed himself, while still kind of quiet and reserved, true to himself, he was also a bit more confident. The most confident I've seen him in... Uh, in a media press conference setting. So if that's the type of player, if that confidence can translate onto the field, I think, you know, he's in good standing and Inter-Miami will benefit from that. Kieran Gibbs spoke to us as well, but I've heard he is doing very limited work on the field. He's not even running, is what I've heard. So he's still recovering from an injury. Someone else that's also recovering from an injury is, as we mentioned last week, to keep an eye on, goalkeeper Nick Marsman. He was doing individual work during the portion of training that we could see. The goalkeepers that were playing in the small-sided game were Clement Diop and Drake Callender. So keep an eye out on that because Nick Marsman is still not 100% yet. Breck Shea was in training. He has not been announced yet as a, as a signing, but he was in training. And last but not least, someone that nobody mentioned and... W- I didn't even mention it in training itself to you guys, or, or we didn't even talk about it yet. So this is the first time and that we are, we will talk about it, is Jovin Jones. Jovin Jones is still on the Inter-Miami roster, but he was not at practice on Monday. I'm being told that Inter-Miami is looking to part ways with him, trying to find a solution for him, but that's still being worked out. So... Out of all those players, out of all those situations... Oh, also Gregory and Jean Mota were also not in training on Monday. Gregory has arrived in South Florida and he did join the Group 4 practice later in the week on Tuesday, I believe. He was filing some paperwork, as is Jean Mota, but Mota is also expected to arrive very, very shortly. Anyway, out of all those players, Jose, anyone you want to expand on? You have the floor. Well, I did on on um, Robinson a little bit just a few seconds ago, and it was not very positive. So sorry, Robbie. Um, I want you as a nine on this team. Um, <laughs> um, I, I like to talk on 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 Figal because um, you know, as rules are complicated in MLS, but I think still, you know, something that. Um, that you have to take into consideration when you think about Major League Soccer. And, um, you know, having Leandro gonzalez Pires play for River Plate and having Nico Figal close to Boca, I think he he posted a story on his Instagram account as well, watching Boca play, so that's a good indication. But some other teams are interested in him. 
you know, uh, that that's something good for Inter Miami and that's something good for the league. I do believe with this new group of players, you know, um, that uh, Inter Miami is bringing in, that they have potential to become, you know, um, a, a, a positive a positive scenario for so many players in South America. And and there's there's that connection already with South Florida and South America. Um, early on, as Miami started signing players, um, I always thought they needed a little bit of that South American flair. And they had some, but it didn't work. So hopefully, with players watching Leandro Gonzalez Pires go to River Plate and and Figal now go into Boca, uh, allegedly or, or someplace else, you know, this tells you that Inter Miami can provide that opportunity for young players. So hopefully, that motivates this group of young guys coming in to find success here in in, in South Florida and then move on to to bigger places because. You know, as much as we want to see the league grow, the team grow, you know, the reality is that, you know, most of the players will still want to go to the Premier League, to La Liga, to El Calcio. And, um, you know, at some point, I think that conversation that David Beckham had early last year about, you know, having players at the highest level, but taking the first steps in Inter-Miami, I can see that become a reality. So... I just wanted to touch on that because, you know, having Figal and Andrew Gonzalez-Pires, it's not the scenario that you wanted, but still, I think it contains some pride that here in South Florida, Inter-Miami can take good care of the players and can actually develop and have them play at a high level. There's, it certainly seems like Inter-Miami is a good trampoline or a good showcase to, to really show what you've got. Sorry for the redundancy, but to show what you've got and, and really make a move. Because if Inter-Miami... With two veteran, more not veteran, two more experienced players on a team that did not do well, were able to take or make moves to bigger teams in the world of soccer, in the ecosystem of soccer or football. They either have really good agents or Inter Miami just brings that that opportunity. So if you imagine if you're a young player on a better Inter Miami team, imagine the opportunities you might be able to have. Steve, any of those players that I named. That I ran through there that you want to touch on or expand on, the floor is yours. No, that's it. No, I, I, I think you make a, a good point. I, I think you know, Inter Miami is an attractive place for people, players to come and, and play football. So it's, it's it's it doesn't it's not surprising that you, sort of young young guys want to want to come and, and try and make their make their way here. But you know, as you said, it's just uh, there's more of a youthful kind of feel and and all the, all those names that you've mentioned that you know they I that Figal was a good player, but. You know they can. I think they could probably do without them. They're, I think they're all they're all replaceable to a to a certain point. It's it was interesting though that that Henderson said he's working on his green card process. If he God's working on his green card process, because you know if if he's about to leave but he wants to get his green card, then maybe there's a chance he returns at some point. Maybe one player that probably will not be returning though is Matias Pellegrini. Jose, I believe you asked about him if I'm not mistaken and. Henderson's response was, you know, his loan runs out in the summer and they'll have to see who's interested in buying him or taking him on at that point if Estudiantes de la Plata does not trigger that purchase option. So it seems like Matias Pellegrini's days are done. I know there was recent reports saying that Phil Neville wanted him back in South Florida, but that's pretty much done and dusted. Matias Pellegrini probably will not be coming back to South Florida. But let's leave it there 
We will do our Q&A session, and we will also talk about one of Steve's favorite, favorite, favorite things in the whole wide world, and that is a jersey. We'll do that after this. Okay, guys, before we jump into the Q&A, we have to touch on the apparent training top for 2022 that had images leaked or images leaked of this week. Put it up on Miami Total Football Substack. You can look at them there or on Instagram or on Twitter, any of those three places. We've put those images out there. It's a different shade of pink. It has white accents as opposed to black from last year. Now, Inter-Miami on Monday, on day one of preseason training, used their training tops from last year, their, their practice kits, their practice jerseys from last year. But if this jersey, if these le leaked images are representative of the jerseys they will wear this year in practice, it, it'll be a different look. Steve, I know you love this topic, so we'll start with you. What do you think, what'd you think of the look? Beautiful. Very, very pink. I think you'd look nice in them, actually. <laughs> Jose, what about you? What are your thoughts? I, th I imagine you'll expand a little bit more. Nah, not good enough for me. I like the black and pink. I don't like it so much pink and white. I, I don't know. I just don't see it. I, I need a little bit more. I, I like it because it's different. I like it because it's pink and white. And we've seen the black and pink. I do prefer the the pink and black look, though. I agree with you that I prefer that as the main look. And I think why the practice jersey, if this is the practice jersey, have to keep putting that qualifier because we don't know. It's report it's reported that it is. Footy headlines is ever reliable and always accurate. But just put that that modifier or that qualifier there. I think why this one is pink and white is to distinguish it from the pink game jersey that they will announce at some point before the start of the season. I believe, from what I have heard, that that one will be pink and black. But that's that's what I've heard. So I think that that could be why this training top is pink and white because you got to have them be a bit different so that fans and Inter-Miami followers around the world will want to buy both, right? Because if they're very, very close in style or in, in look... You only need one, right? And then that's less money that that the that the organization can bring in from a revenue standpoint. So I think that that's why they've gone with pink and white on this one. Like I said, I like it. I like it. I think I think it's a it's a good look. And I'm glad they took away that like netting that they had on the sleeves there, uh, or that they're going to get rid of the the netting apparently that they had on the sleeves there towards the bottom. I I, I didn't really like that that part of uh, the training top in 2021. But anyway, let's move on to the Q&A session. We've got a bunch of questions, but we'll just pick a few here and try to run through them as quickly as possible. First question comes from Elder Bar. And he says, not sure if you guys have seen them practice, but have they scrimmaged yet? If so, do they look worse than last year or like a Fort Lauderdale scrimmage? So I'll start here. It's pretty hard to tell the level because it's you know we're we're not positioned in the best spot in terms of viewing experience and we only get to see 20 to 30 minutes and again the one session we did see was a small sided game so it can't i can't really gauge the level there were some good moments from different players but uh, it's to be determined to be determined anything you guys want to add there 
I will take that yeah. silence as a no. <laughs> All right. Gay P with a good question. Do you think we will see any breakout player from the academy be a starter this season at Inter Miami? Steve, you can go first. I mean, I'm, I don't know. The, the, the guys that come up from the USL last year, do they count as, as academy products? Probably probably not. I'm certainly, it'd be nice to see that, wouldn't it? But I, I haven't got any names per se. Have you? I don't think any of them will be a starter this year. I don't think Edison Ascona. I don't Not think. Starters, I don't think. No, but... what, the question is starter. This question is: Do you see anyone, right. any breakout player from the academy, be a starter this season at Inter Miami? And you know, it's unlikely, I, isn't it? Unlikely. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. You know, again, whether it's Edison Ascona, Ian Frey, Georgia, because I just don't see them being starters on a consistent basis. Can they get starts here and there? Yes. Can they have good seasons? Yes. But I just don't see them being being starters. Jose, what about you? Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. I, I don't see them being starters. I still have my hopes up for Ascona, but I don't see him starting. Not at all. Okay. All right. Well, then this next question should get us going a little bit more here. It's from Gerald. He says, and this is kind of close, but not exactly. I already know your answer, Jose. But he asks, or she asks, any particular players that you are looking forward to seeing play or are excited for this season? Jose, we know that you are on the aerial Lassiter train. I think you're the conductor, so I think we have. <laughs> I think we have your answer there, Steve. Any player, and there's a lot of players to choose from here, my friend. Any player that you're particularly looking forward to seeing? Well, Rodriguez has a good reputation in Colombia, so I'm interested to see him. I'm interested to see Campanos and my friend Bryce Duke. Yeah, I'm interested to see see how he gets on. So that's that's three, you know, straight off the bat, and also. Um, Beaker as well to see if he gets uh, any starts and how he'll kind of cope because I just yeah I, I like I like the look of him um, but will he be able to deal with the physicality of MLS that's another that's another question isn't it so I'll I'll name a few here as well Gene Mota obviously is probably and Gene the, Mota, yeah. the probably the up till right now the biggest signing that they've made this offseason so curious to see how he combines and connects with Gregory there in the middle of the park. Both Brazilians, they know each other. I believe they've played together before in the past, if I'm not mistaken. So curious to see how that works out. Leonardo Campana is not officially on the team yet, but everything points that he will be. So I'm curious to see how how he is used and how he gets on in his first season in MLS. And I'm also curious to see uh, and interested in seeing how Ian Frey plays. The center back, local product from Coconut Creek, he was poised for some minutes last year, suffered a torn ACL, if my memory serves me correct, in voluntary training before even the start of preseason. That ruled him out for much of the year. I imagine he'll see some minutes at some point this season. So curious to see how how he works out or how he how he pans out because he is a, a local product and a, ca- a player from the academy. So very interesting to see how how he how he develops in 2022. This is not a question, but I think it's worth reading. It comes from Eric Eklund, and he says, Don't have a question right now, but representing one of the 50 countries, I thought I'd say, oof, my Swedish is rough here. Hedge Franz Sevrich, hi from Sweden. <laughs> that's that's what that, that means. And keep up the great work. You, El Primo, and Jose do star work. Big thanks. Mil gracias. Stort tak. So that's very nice to hear. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for that's- tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate the support and listen. I mean, obviously we do this for you guys, but knowing that we have listeners through around the world, something 
maybe we didn't realize t- until this off season when we when we really took a deeper dive into uh, into our our statistics and our numbers. And so that's that's definitely nice to hear, and and we appreciate the kind words. I think Steve has something to add there as well. No, I, I love Sweden. I've uh, been there many times. Been to Malmo, Gothenburg a few times. Working, covered the uh, Under Twenty One Championships in Sweden in two thousand nine. We stayed in Varberg, which is a lovely place, just uh, outside Malmo. So, and um, yeah, it's just it's so cool to know that you know people in Sweden and, and in Europe as well as in Central South America everywhere are listening to this. It's all uh, it's such a small soccer world. The world of football is surprisingly small, given how vast it is. It does tend to be quite small in terms of. Uh, you know how you run into people or you meet people it does I have had those experiences throughout my my life and career but Jose anything you want to add there yeah it's just uh, well first off I want to say thank you to Eric for listening but it's just great to bring people um, to South Florida um, to inter to the inter Miami world from all over the place uh, that's really cool and um, of course we're gonna have to explain things a little bit more when we talk about South Florida, because it's not only people that know the area that, um, that are listening. So, you know, that's great. It's very exciting. And, and hopefully we continue to get those messages. Where are you listening from right now? Send it over on Twitter. Or, or, or in the review, or in the review. If, if you leave an Apple podcast review, let us know where you're, where you're tuning in from. I also had an exchange last week with someone on Twitter that was based in Washington, D.C. That's not even an Inter-Miami fan or an, uh, an Inter-Miami supporter. But they tune into the show on a regular basis and say, you know, he said that we do a good job of, of providing him all the info on Inter Miami and keeping him up to date uh, on that. So that was also nice, nice to hear as well. Let's do one more question from this week's mailbag. And it comes from, let's see, let's see. We have a few. We have a bunch of questions as we always do. We're trying to, to shorten the gap here on the Q&A session. So if we don't get to your questions this week, don't be discouraged. We will try to get to as many questions as possible on a weekly weekly basis okay next one comes from eric yanis i haven't seen any comments on the remarks made by neville that they're now actually scouting players and trying to make good judgment decisions on who they bring on was he Ah, was he suggesting that they weren't trying before steve primo the floor is well i mean yeah but i mean the 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 regime and the people they had in place all from paul mcdonald they just yeah it was shown that they, they made a bit of a, a mess of it, really. So um, I thought that was, yeah, my ears certainly pricked up when, when he when he, when he said that. But, you know, reading between the lines, we know that they weren't happy with the way that things were run um, in, in the past. And they've tried to, to turn it around now. You know, that was Paul McDonough's job, wasn't it, to install that kind of network. And I'm pretty sure that Chris Henderson's doing a, a little bit of a better job. Jose, before before I get your thoughts on that, I, I do want to share the quote that Phil Neville said there, which I thought was very interesting, as, as Steve agreed to or thought uh, along the similar lines. He said, quote, We are now not just signing players because a friend of a friend knows someone that is good or an agent that is close to someone. We are signing players because they have been watched 20, 30, 40 times by five, six people, and we know all about their family history and everything they have done in their career. We are not signing players now off a whim. We are signing players because they fit into what we believe is our team. End quote. A pretty revealing comment from his portion of, of Monday's availability. But I do want to I do want to add this. And something that somebody brought up to me after the fact. And I didn't even think about it in the moment. But, you know, 
Phil Neville says, we're not now signing players because a friend of a friend knows someone that is good or an agent that is close to someone. I don't know if that's necessarily the best coming from him because he is a friend of a friend and that's how he got to this position, <laughs> right? Like that, I mean, that's, let's be honest. That's, I mean, is that not the case here? Also, yeah, but you get that in all teams though. That's, I mean, that's... Right, but that, I mean, but again, I don't, again, I don't necessarily think it's best coming from him to say that when he's, you know, someone that's benefited from the same thing he's criticizing. But anyway... Jose, what are your thoughts on, on, on that, just in general? Well, you know, I think that's that's the way you feel explaining how things have changed uh, during the offseason. Um, you know, that that's part of the business, you know, when you get a recommendation from a player. I think it, it has happened to all of us here in the podcast that, you know, sometimes you get word from somebody from a team you're covering and they ask you, what do you think about this guy? Uh, you know, stuff like that happens. It's not that we have the final word, but sometimes they come to you and they, they ask you, you know, what's going on? What do you think? Is it going to be a good fit or not? Um, it, it's only normal um, that, that um, you know, players that have a relationship with uh, somebody else within the team might get an opportunity to, to, to be looked at. Um, but, but I think, you know, that's, that's, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, if you're good enough, they're going to sign you. If not, then it's not going to happen. But I think it's more about Phil explaining how things have changed and, and you know, the process that you have to go through right. to sign a contract with Inter-Miami. Right, I agree. That was my interpretation of, of what he said, that they, that they now have more processes or better processes in place to help identify talent and that they are much more thorough now in the manner in which they do that. So I think that's just more along the lines of what he was getting at. Obviously, you you know, peep, you know somebody might interpret that and say, well, they were there last season. Why didn't they do that? It takes time. It takes time to, to implement processes. So uh, I think that's just where he was going with that. That now, you know, maybe, you know, and again, he, he didn't name names, but maybe signing Matuidi and Higuain was done pretty hastily, right? And maybe it wasn't done as thoroughly as Phil Neville and his staff would like their signings to be so uh that's what i think he was just more or less getting at but we'll leave it there we'll finish the q a session with that we will do our final thoughts primo you can go first cinco you can go second and i will go last no just to say yeah there was just a, a nice fresh feel about about the team and about the squad and everyone there and um yeah i just think so far you know in reflection on what the business they've done you know, in this close season, I think it's 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 gone well, and they've they've shipped out players, and they've crucially freed up that DP play. So um, let's see what happens when they start actually kicking that little ball around the field. <laughs> Jose, you're up. Well, you know, I, I think we. On my final thought, I, I like to give credit to Chris Henderson because I think he's doing a good job so far, and he's getting closer to you know putting the 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 finished product out there for field to work with. So as of right now, I think the last pod, podcast um, I mentioned that he, he had a, a plan in place. So far, it's looking good. You know, we'll see what the final product is. But the reality is that right now, Inter Miami is very well positioned not only for this year. Of course, don't think championship, right? You no, know, it's very well positioned to start to move on in the right direction. And maybe years from now, have a, a, a really a successful team. So as of right now, it's looking good. You know, I think the outcome of the offseason has been positive. Maybe a final piece or two are missing, but, you know, you're getting closer. And now it's on Phil. 
it needs to put the work out there and and you know find the the right combination to 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 make these players succeed in, in South Florida. My final thought will be on just the overall state of the team. This is a younger team, more energetic, faster, more physically gifted. But I don't know how much top end talent is on this on this squad, and we have to wait and see to see how the team functions and how they do in meaningful games. That will not happen until the uh, start of February, or, or excuse me, the end of February when the MLS season starts. But obviously, when when you start preseason in any team or almost any team in any year, things are at their most optimistic and everyone's at their happiest. But if we, you know, I'm I'm gonna have a, a take a step back and have a bigger perspective here. There's still top end talent that's missing on on this team, and I know that they want to sign a player or two to help out with that. But clearly, clearly, they they need something there because I don't think that even with all the youthful exuberance and the energy, I don't think that that will be enough. I think that they need a little bit more. Jose, we spoke about it at practice for a little bit there on Monday morning, so think they need a little bit more there to really become a competitive side in 2022. But it's early days, so we'll see how they continue to build this roster as well as how they do once the games get going. But that does it for this week's pod. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Again, if you haven't left us a review on Apple Podcasts, please do so. We keep repeating that because it is very, very important for do us, it, do it. yes, Steve. There you go. Steve can say it better than I do, or more succinctly than I can. So, please, if you haven't done it, just leave us a, a review. It'll take you literally less than thirty seconds or less than a minute. But for Steve El Primo Brenner, for Jose Cinco Armando, I am Franco Panizo. We will talk to you guys again next week. We'll be back again and with a special surprise, hopefully. So stay locked in for that. This is Miami Total Football Radio. 